Now on Radio Italia Uno. It's time for Happy Business Radio with Peter Salerno. An hour where we have lots of fun with very interesting guests. We talk about how to start, build, and increase your business. Right now, on Radio Italia Uno, 87.6 FM. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. And the reason why we say good morning, good afternoon, and good evening is because people are listening to us all over uh, the place at different times and different time zones. So uh, I just want to say good afternoon um, and good morning to everybody in Asia at the moment. So thank you for listening to us from Asia and Southeast Asia. Um, over in Bhutan, I've had a couple of people from over there uh, send me messages. So thanks for those messages. And also in Malaysia, we've had quite a few different people from uh, Borneo um, interested in what was said last week. And even a couple of weeks ago, we had uh, comments. Sometimes people don't always answer straight away. <laughs> and I got a, a call, um, a message, sorry, from somebody who said, oh, the person you had on a few weeks ago was really fantastic. And we wanted to know more information about that. And when I looked up at what they were talking about, it was back in June and July. We had a couple of people on at the end of June and the beginning of July. So it was like more than six months ago that they're, they're, they're now saying that they've heard or reheard uh, the podcast and um, wanted keep wanting to send me a message about it. So please just send me a message anytime about any of our guests and you know more than happy to answer all your emails or any of your messages. So. Uh, thank you very much for that. I think that happened because they found out that you are indeed the wild man from Borneo. Oh, I am the wild man from Borneo. I love going to Borneo. Borneo is one of my favorite places because um, I've done so much work up there with the Malay uh, uh, companies and, mm. and stuff like that. So I really have got some wonderful friends up there. But uh, welcome, Matt. Welcome again to our program. Thank you for coming in. And we have a special guest today, which is Christos Raptus. Uh, Chris uh, is obviously the principal of Raptus Real Estate and uh, welcome to the program Christos. Thanks Peter, thanks for having me. Yeah, it's a welcome, it's a pleasure to have you here. Chris has been working as a real estate agent for quite a while, he runs his own company now and uh, also he does a lot of um, residential and uh, sales and but he also does a lot of residential and commercial leasing and renting. Um, and management of, of uh, properties. So explain to us exactly what you do because some of the people that are listening, of course, um, aren't familiar with uh, managing properties or who should they go to and uh, what's the best uh, thing and how do, how do you pick an agent? Sure. Well, if we can just focus on picking an agent, Peter, I think it's going to come down to who you really get along and probably someone you can relate to. So that's probably the biggest thing when it comes to choosing an agent. Mm -hmm. um, it's not always about fee and, um, you know, what they charge. Um, but certainly I think it's going to come down to what uh, feeling and vibe you get from that agent. That, that should be your first stop when it comes to selecting an agent. Yep. Okay. So, um, of course... When a lot of people that I know that I've spoken to over the years, you know, that I've known people, they've said, oh, look, you know, I've had so much trouble with the tenant and I've had so much trouble with the tenant. But really, isn't it more the trouble with the agent that's not managing the tenant? Uh, look, it's a great you question. <laughs> no, I'm putting you on the spot. But yeah, I'm, you know, uh, look, uh, again, you, you can't sit there and... and uh, 
look at every case uh, and say, well, you know, it, it's the agent. Yes, certainly the agent has to have a finger on the pulse of, of what's going on with a tenant. And I guess that's kind of a bit of a point of difference with me where I'm the business operator and, and owner. So I, I'm on call 24-7, whether it's a, a hot water service system or, you know, something that, that gets sent to us by email or text. Uh, we're pretty responsive, uh, you know, within half an hour, 20 minutes. So that's mm-hmm. probably my point of difference. Um, not always the agent, but yeah, in most cases, it is, you know, the agent's responsibility. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, Matt, you've got properties as well. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, how do you find, because you've got interstate properties, did you pick the agent or did was it recommended to you? Or? I talked to people that I knew in the industry and, and well, with that, you know, not in the industry, friends, and tried to find somebody that had had positive experiences yeah. with them. Have you have you found that you had to change agents a few times or not? Yeah. Yeah. And what were the main reasons why you changed? They were slack. They were slack. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I tell you what, because um, well, I've just recently been speaking to somebody who has uh, um, Cooper PD, which is like a, a city mm. which is like four or 500 kilometres away, 600 kilometres away from Adelaide um, or more. And it's like a remote city or a remote town but there are lots of properties up there which are inexpensive to buy if you want to buy an inexpensive property. You get fairly good rents, but the problem is the agents in that area don't really look after people mm. that well. There are a couple of agents that do, but there were a couple of agents that as far away as uh, three, 400 kilometres away from there that were managing it, so mm. from Port Augusta. Now, a lot of people overseas might not understand this, but we're, we're in South Australia there's some remote towns uh, mining towns and other different towns that um, don't actually have a, a local real estate agent there, but other agents from other areas manage the properties. And it's hard to get somebody to go up there and repair things or fix things. And so they don't collect the rent when they should. They don't chase up the rent when they should. And when you ring them up and say, what's happening? And they go, oh, we haven't been up there for three weeks or three months or whatever, you know. So they only go up there once every three months. So that's a problem. But in Adelaide or in the in the cities, I find that some agents are the same. Mm. You know, like, Chris, how often do you do a, um, what do they call a service on, you know, a, a review on, on properties or inspections on properties? You really ask some good questions, Peter. Um, so we're actually quite unique where we outsource our uh, inspections to another company mm-hmm. um, and they specialise in doing our quarterly inspections on the property. So... I focus my business, which I have strengths on, which is my negotiation, mm-hmm. uh, collecting rent, uh, dealing with um, you know issues with the property. And then when it comes to actual inspections, I outsource a company that specifically does uh, inspections. So that way the client will get the best of both worlds. They get myself as you know the, the sole operator. But then when it comes to inspections, I have an unbiased person come and do the inspections for me, which I think works really well. Uh, good, I'll have to talk to you about that later then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I, I know that there are companies that do that specifically. That's yes. Why, that's why I asked because some people employ their own property managers, as they call them, that do all the rentals, the collections and, and paying the tenants, you know, collecting from the tenant and paying the landlord, paying outgoings or whatever. And then others, uh, like you said, just do inspections. And these companies, explain to us what what they are, because, I mean, a lot of people may not have heard that there are companies that just do that. 
Well, I, I think with COVID-19 at the moment, it, it's it's a really good segue into um, specialising, right? Um, and to answer that question, uh, like I said, I'm only good at sort of a few things. I can't be all things to all people. So I'm really good at negotiating disbursements and, and doing those things. Mm-hmm. But the reason that um, companies would look at outsourcing someone to do those inspections is that, you know, it, it keeps the costs down for businesses mm-hmm. uh, where they don't have to pay wages, etc. So we outsource to another company um, and, and that's why that way it, it's really quite streamlined in, in keeping the costs down for companies. Um, and I, I think what it really comes down to is... is employing someone that specializes in that field that just does that so then they're always looking for certain things in that field if that makes sense yes yes it makes sense because the the thing is uh, um the the last three or four agents i spoke to that uh, even manage my properties or other properties and and people have asked me to recommend an agent and i said yeah this agent's very good because they actually have five people on staff and they've got to, you know, and the, one of my neighbours just recently went to one of my friends that I recommended and, the, and with another property, they went to another agent because it's a local agent. And I said, it doesn't really matter if the agent lives, you know, in the same district or, you know, 10 kilometres away, really, it's not far, you know. And um, <clears throat> what happens is I said, they will be able to look after you. She said, oh, well, this girl, I've rang her 10 times now and she's not got back to me. I said, that girl probably doesn't even work for that agent anymore. <laughs> and she said, oh, my God, I never thought of that. Mm. I said, that's what's happened. And then I said, ring the agent. And she said, oh, but she was the manager. And that's exactly what happened. The girl in September last year worked for this particular company and since then left. Yep. At the beginning of September, left. And for the last two, three months, this lady said, oh, I rang her every second week or whatever and haven't heard of her. Yeah, of course not, because she's not working for the company anymore. So the lady that you know has been chasing up the wrong person, and I said, just ring the company direct, and then they will let you know. And and as it happened, they have three other girls working in that office who, you know, before there were five, now there's only three. Yep. You know, and three, two of the property managers have left for one reason or another, and. Uh, they don't have the same property manager anymore. Yep. And that's the problem because this lady thought, oh, but they're a big company. They'll look after you. I said, no, they don't because unfortunately once the person looking after you is gone, not everybody picks up all the slack. You know, sometimes you fall through the cracks and yeah. if you've got the wrong phone number, you're ringing her old number. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, just to answer that, I mean, the biggest complaint we get is lack of communication from clients. So, you know, if you're providing good service and you're communicating, you're above 50% of the agents, in my opinion, right? Secondly, I employ other businesses and I know that they're in for the long haul. Um, I'm a business owner and and the reason I became a business owner is because I saw that there was a lot of high turnover with agents, whether it be sales or property management. Um, And there is a lot of pressure. You have to be all things to all people in the sense that you have to be a psychologist, you have to be a friend, you have to be a (laughs) professional, (laughs) you know, you have to be all these things. Uh, and for in every business. Yeah, right. right. And for, let's say, in inverted commas here, minimum wage, a lot of the young ones, if I can word it that way, or, or green, when I say green, they've been in the industry for one or two years. They, they, you know, they can't handle the heat, so to speak. So, so they tend to, you know, change industries or a lot of people come in and out of real estate thinking it's, a, you know, they're going to get rich quick and, and they leave. So yes, I, I can understand where you're coming from. But Peter, to answer that question, 
I actually have my license in Northern Territory and Victoria. Um, so with with communication where things are at today, um, we are one SMS away, one email away, one call away, and you know there's no real excuse to not get back to people within a minimum 24 hour rate. Uh, so I can run my operations in Adelaide and also uh, run our operations in Victoria and, and, and Northern Territory by being here in Adelaide. So I, to answer that question, I don't think there's any excuse for any property manager to not um, get back to people. If they've called 10 times, I think that they should certainly probably look at um, entering into another industry. Well, that's what I've said to them before. I said to them, just look, ring the office direct. Don't try and chase the agent or the, the person who was looking after your property. Because that person's I, probably no longer there. I would argue you should drop yeah. the company anyway. Yeah. They're, well, they're not, they're, they're, well, they're not transitioning. I mean, I, that's. I mean, I they, they, they should be running the business in such a way that you know they should have systems in place where the customer gets serviced regardless of where or where the staff is. So well, Chris, yeah, they should just yeah, be dropped. Exactly. Yeah, you know. Chris just mentioned the fact that he's got you know companies in uh, in three different states, but you know with a text message or whatever, he gets notified straight away, and he gets phone calls straight away, and he can organise somebody to fix up the issue in Northern Territory, Victoria or South Australia, just as quick as, you know, whether they're across the district or in another state. And that's mm. now with COVID, that's even more important because people have started to realise that you need to use your phones a lot more. You need to answer all the lines and all the questions and everything else very, very quickly. And it's important, I think, that um, if you have some a tenant that the hot air, uh, you know, air conditioner breaks or the, the, the hot water system breaks or some plumbing issue where the tap's broken off and there's water spouting everywhere, you've got to get there very quickly. And, you know, if they can't get hold of you within, you know, two or three hours or to stop the water flowing everywhere or, you know, and get it fixed up within a couple of days, they're going to be quite upset. Yeah. And rightfully so. Peter, you know, I was just thinking about this right now since you brought it up, but you, you look at any bank or any, you know, online retailer, they have a 24-hour, seven days a week little chat pop-up, you know, where yeah. you can talk to someone, whether it's a digital, um, you know, CBA, for instance, on mm -hmm. Commonwealth Bank. I mean, maybe that's something that, you know, we should be looking at in the industry, you know, something like that. There's just no excuse, basically, um, for what you just discussed on air. Um, I, I, yeah. bad service. <laughs> I, I know we said drop the agent. I'm trying to give them benefit of the doubt, but yes, pretty much <laughs> drop yeah. the agent. Look, I tell you what we're going to do. We're going to take a break, but when we come back, I'd like to um, have a bit of fun with this and maybe you can tell us a couple of stories of some of the excuses or some of the okay. funny situations that have happened, you know, to you or with your clients or some of, some of that stuff. So we're about ready to take a break and please listen to our sponsors. Thank you. Hi, I'm Danielle from Fine Choice Coffee Solutions, a family-owned and operated business for 19 years and counting. Our showroom and coffee machine workshop is based in Adelaide City Centre, where we showcase coffee machines, all types of coffee accessories and complimentary products, as well as five of our very own coffee blends, including our most popular Dolce Vita blend. Fine Choice Coffee Solutions is SA's home and authorised service centre for the fully automatic Euro coffee machines. Our staff are friendly and welcoming, and always looking forward to meeting new customers so come and say hi at 264 Gilbert Street in the city or you can shop online at www.fccoffee.com.au Gallipo Foods dal 1983 leader australiano nella vendita di distribuzione di una vasta gamma di generi alimentari tra i quali il prosciutto Spears dal gusto unico e delicato al palato 
innovazione, professionalità e forte rapporto con dipendenti, clienti e fornitori. Fanno di Galipo Foods uno dei distributori più grandi, rispettati e premiati in tutta Australia. Galipo Foods, stima, fiducia e qualità. Vuoi promuovere la tua attività? Vuoi aumentare il tuo volume di affari? Non sai a chi rivolgerti? Chiama Radio Italia 1. Il nostro staff commerciale è a disposizione per ogni informazione o preventivo personalizzato. Chiama all'82 123177. Radio Italia 1. E anche tu sarai un numero 1. Radio Italia 1. Hi, I'm Matt McQuinley and you're listening to Happy Business with Peter Salerno. Thank you. Thank you very much and thank you for listening to Radio Italia Uno and Happy Business Radio. It's a pleasure to be with you every Monday from 2 to 3 on Radio Italia Uno 87.6 FM. Now, today our special guest is Chris Raptus from Raptus Real Estate and we're talking about real estate, we're talking about um, managing properties and um, <clears throat> whether it's a good idea for you to do them yourself or uh, get a decent agent to manage it for you because uh, Chris not only manages the properties but he also has uh, different businesses that look after the inspections and that's a very important part of owning a property and getting a, a proper inspection report. But um, we also want to just say thank you for listening to us and please sponsor uh, the program if you can. If you want to promote your business this year, let us help you and uh, support the people that support us. So please go and see all our sponsors, all the people that advertise on Radio Italia Uno and support them because they are supporting us so we can come to you every week, week after week after week with all the fantastic different programs that we have on Radio Italia Uno. So... Chris, before we went to the break, we, we talked about uh, coming back with a bit of funny things or some stories that happened <coughs> or have been happening in the real estate business. So what would you like to tell us first? <laughs> uh, Lou, it's such an emotionally charged transaction, especially when it comes to auctions. You know, um, I've had tears, I've had, you know, laughs. You know, people are so nervous because I've had to hold the hand and, and you know, of the client while their property's going to auction and they've, you know, been in the property for 40 years and, you know, they just just don't know how to react. And, you know, you're popping the champagne and you're hugging and you're kissing and, you know, it's such a great... <laughs> Um, transaction but then on the other side of things you know sometimes we have tenants that don't want to leave uh, their bedrooms and they want to stay asleep while we're doing a, an open inspection and, and we can't police that you know so I think you get both sides of the ledger um, uh, yeah so I, 14 years in the industry I've seen it all. So what happens like when most of the uh, people are warned that you're having open inspections or whatever and most of them aren't that early in the morning so yes So I know that people go out and party and come back and all <laughs> drugged out because I've had the same situation when I was working in real estate, you know. Yeah. But um, what what can you do or what what are some of the things that happen? Well, you know, they just decide to stay in bed and don't want to cooperate and you kind of just got to say, come on, guys, you know, like uh, there is a client here and this is their biggest asset and I have to do what's best for them and I understand, you know, I have a duty of care for you as, as the tenant but, you know, you can't stay in bed while I'm doing an open inspection at, you know, 12 o'clock uh, in the afternoon. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I remember uh, years ago when I was working in real estate, 
um, I had a open inspection, I think it was about 2.30, 3 o'clock in the afternoon, and the uh, lady of the house decided to get up late and uh, when I got there, I, I always get there as, as early as I can before the open. At this particular time, it was about half an hour before, so I put the signs up around the streets and went in to check and she was still in bed and sleeping at the time, so I actually got her out of bed and she said, oh, I didn't realise it was so late. And then by the time the open inspection came, she spent more than a half an hour in the bathroom and shower, you know, doing her stuff there with the doors locked. Yep. Now, you know, the, the most important part of a house, as I've been always told, is the kitchen and the bathroom. Yeah. You know, and we couldn't get to see the bathroom for the whole open inspection. And I said to this one particular group that were really interested in the house, we had to try and make arrangements for them to come back one evening after work to go and see the bathroom <laughs> and then have a second look at the house, you know. Yep. And eventually they bought it, but it was just, it was just you know, that particular thing. And I remember the lady spent more than half an hour of the open inspection in the bathroom. We couldn't get her out. Well, as a salesperson, you just tell them that the bathroom is so good. I did. <laughs> that you can't, that the tenants won't leave. <laughs> uh, it's funny because that's the sort of thing, that's the sort of thing I said. I sort of described what it was looked like. I said, you know, it was like very similar to this, 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 this. And this particular couple had come to another open inspection that I had not far away from there. And because uh, I worked in the same district. Um, so I said, it was, you know, the house you saw last week, I said, the bathroom there. She said, oh, yeah, yeah. I said, very similar. It was a pink bathtub. I said, but the, the tiles are a fawny colour. She said, oh, yeah, I like those. I said, well, that's what it looked like. And I said, blah, blah, blah. She said, okay, but I still want to see it. I yeah. said, of course you do. You know, and, th you know, it was just, I knocked on the door a couple of times. I said, can this lady just have a quick look, you know? No, I'm still doing my oh, makeup, oh, oh, oh. you know? And, and like some people are very, very good. They'll, they'll just, oh, sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, sorry, just pick up everything and race out and come back in half an hour anyway. And others, they are just so mad at you, you know. Mm -hmm. And do you find that, Chris? I don't think there's an agent in Australia that hasn't gone through what you've just gone through, Peter. Yeah. <laughs> We've got a kooky tenant like that in one of our properties. No, the point is that um, the um, situation, of course, is that with the agent um, – like you said, it has to be a very diplomat mm -hmm. <laughs> and because you're, you're caught between a, a rock and a hard place, aren't you? Absolutely. Yeah. And, and the, the fact is that you've got the tenant that complains to the landlord <laughs> and then the landlord says what's going on and then you've got to try and think it's a different story altogether. You know, I had a tenant um, at a property that honestly just broke everything. <laughs> there, there, there was a, they were using a TV remote to try and... Uh, fix up the air conditioner, mm. you know, and said this didn't As normal work. people do. And, yeah, <laughs> and, and, and I told them, I said, have you got the right remote? It's the, this company, you know, like the, the name. Yeah, we've got it, we've got it, we've got it. And that when I finally got there, they had thrown the remote on the ground, right? She said, oh, I just broke. It didn't just broke. I mean, you know, it was obvious that they had picked it up and angrily threw it on the ground and slid it across the floor. And then... At one time, there was this big hole in the back of the house, right? It was one of those asbestos yep. holes, you know, the laundry that stick out the back of these homes. Yep. And this, this lady said, oh, I don't know how that got there. And the little kid says, Mommy, yes, you do. That's when Johnny kicked it, you know. Remember Johnny was doing kung fu on it, you know. And he said, oh, oh I don't remember that, she said. I don't remember that, oh. you know. You know, and then another time there was a, a similar thing and this kid had head-butted the wall, mm. right? You could see it was a hole, like that sort of size, that like a head-butt sort of hole. And this kid had head-butted the wall and the, the mother 
was denying it mm. and little girl said, yeah, that's when, you know, Billy and so-and-so were in here and they were fighting and then he head-butted the wall and you locked him in the room, <laughs> you know. And, and then another time, like, you get these situations where the parents will deny yep. that they know yeah. anything about it. You know, the, the thing fell down, you know. It was a basketball oh, yes. uh, hoop. They put one of those basketball hoops up, you know, and then it didn't fall down. It falls sideways and hit the top of the roof and cracked all the tiles Oh, we don't know what happened up there. <laughs> you know, you could see there's a ring there and the thing had fallen on the roof. Mm. You know, it was obvious. Yeah. <laughs> you know, some people play so dumb. Yeah, children certainly say the darnest things at our open inspections, you know. Mum, Dad, this place smells, you know, so yeah. it, it's hilarious. Yeah. So what are, the, what are some of the things that you think that um, you've got away with or, you know, people say at open inspections oh just they're brutally honest you know especially yeah. it's such an australian thing is just to speak your mind and and that's okay but i kind of prefer that they you know speak to me about it after when i make a phone call or text probably yeah. not at the open but you know that's okay sometimes uh, you, you know getting the rejection uh, is the way to go because you you know where you stand that way mm. yeah i had that experience in high school <laughs> <laughs> what happened you stink. Yeah. <laughs> Whenever I talk to a girl. <laughs> the, the point is that um, you're talking about being honest and stuff. I remember I used to play this game with the kids, you know, and I'd say, quick, run inside and pick which bedroom you want before she does, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, or yeah. before he does. Yeah. <laughs> and I'd, I'd incite a riot. <laughs> but, you know, it was funny because from my point of view, I was a salesman. I was there to try and get them to like the place. Yeah. So I'd say, you go and pick your bedroom first, you know. And I want this one. That's the main bedroom. <laughs> I think I've had to play Chasey a few times uh, with some of the clients' kids, you know, mm -hmm. and I think that, that was probably a point of difference. Not many agents would do that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you've, you've got to do all that stuff. I mean, Matt will probably tell us more in America about how they have magicians and stuff like that. They tend to do more gimmicks, but yeah. we just, you know, we, we don't do that really in Australia. When yeah. they have open inspections, like on a, on a development that's when they do that sort of thing. Yeah, because yeah. I, I remember, um, you know, Harcourts uh, used to provide uh, for several different things and there was Len, Len Lease, which used to do a lot of land at Mawson Lakes and, and uh, around uh, Elizabeth and those places, Salisbury and those developments in that area there and uh, Buckland Park and a few of those other uh, smaller development places. And they used to have big carnival days. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they, uh, open land days yeah, yeah, and stuff yeah. like that. It, they, they tried one time to do, you know, like those American movies where they used to open land and they, they have this uh, buggy races and you see them in the old movies. They used to race across the desert to the first one there could stake a claim and that was their land for free or something or other. And that's what these people were trying to do up here. The first couple on the property they would be the first owners or the owners. And then you get couples running one way or the other one, and the guy says, no, I want this one here on the corner. I wouldn't want to sit on the corner. And they're yelling at each other. <laughs> That's funny. I don't think they let us get away with that kind of stuff because, you know, to have alcohol or, you know, wine for the mums and dads and food, you have to have licences and this, that, the other. So they just really kind of take all the fun out of inspections. So it is a little bit dry, to be honest. Yeah, you can't do it in open inspections, but you can at these property launches, you mm. know. And they, they do... Um, evening launches or Sunday afternoons or something like that. And then the, you go into the open inspection home or the office and there you can have your barbecue and all that. And then you walk around the property and you pick which block you want or whatever. What about the cannoli? And uh... <laughs> <laughs> You don't get a lot of Italian developers. 
<laughs> the crostelli. Yeah, the crostelli. That's right. Yeah, yeah. the Italians are more in the construction. <laughs> yeah, we we build them. We business. don't we don't we sort of do the subdivision. Or yeah. when we do, we get somebody else to do that for us. You know, <laughs> there are companies that do do those sort of things, and I know that years ago when I ran my business of which was called Dream Promotion, we used to provide all those entertainment uh, agency. That's when we used to provide the face painters, the clowns, like I said, the, the fire brigade, the, you know, the horses, the donkeys, the ponies, the, the zoo and all that sort of stuff. And people used to come to them, you know, and, and uh, out those big developments and even up at Mount Barker when they did mm. the leases at Mount Barker and then they did the, the new release of the next stage one, stage two, stage three, stage four. Every time they did those different stages, we used to do those sort of events. But just lately, like I said, it's been less and less and less, and it's been more business-oriented and not so much big fun things, you know. Yeah, we're very conservative in Australia, and I think we should change that. Yeah, well, we've gone back to more being conservative, you know, because Len Lease used to do a lot of those big developments, and they used to do big show days, and I think they've gone away from that. Although they were very popular and everybody enjoyed them, obviously they weren't making the money or... Uh, there's no need to do the big song and dance because the demand is there. Yeah. And as soon as they get a, an area that they're starting to subdivide, people are buying them off the plans. Maybe we should ask the viewers what they want at open inspections. Yeah. Yeah, well, look, why not do that? Great minds think alike. So I was just about to say, why don't we get somebody to either give us a call or send me an e- email and uh, let me know what... Um, what you think should be happening in the real estate business, what you think you'd like to see at an open inspection and uh, maybe even at an auction. Because I know at an auction, uh, a couple of times I was asked to go there and do a couple of tricks. So I did a couple of magic tricks, you know, while we were gathering the people together. And that made everybody laugh. So that was quite good. It was good. That was a, a good experience for them as well. But Talking about auctions, do you do auctions yourself or do you organise them? Uh, I organise them. I, I uh, get Brett Reinfield, who's oh, yes. the uh, RISA president, to do that for me. Again, it's all about specialising and, and Brett just does auctions and that's <coughs> why I employ him to do our auctions. But, you know, on the Eastern Seaboard, the agents tend to do their auctions. Um, I'd rather just, you know, either be with the client or, mm-hmm. you know, work the crowd and, and let the auctioneer do his thing on the day. So Right. Yeah, Brett is a, an award-winning auctioneer. He's a great 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 uh, personality to do that you know he's just so good at it absolutely yeah and he teaches uh, that sort of thing very very well but um the the point is that do you do you actually find that you're doing a lot of auctions yourself or organizing a lot of auctions or do you mostly do private sales i think adelaide is traditionally more a private sale um clientele Mm -hmm. eastern seaboard it is all auction you know no price just auction and and here's the day and everyone rock up which is actually quite good process you know it's transparent um it gets everyone there on the day and you know there's no funny business uh with agents playing games which is probably the biggest complaint we get Mm -hmm. um so i'm definitely a pro agent um you know and i push push uh, auction on pro auction uh, however it's going to come down to the client and their experience and you know how they feel comfortable with with selling their home at the end of the day it is their biggest asset and you know it, you have to uh, take their guidance as to what they feel comfortable in doing okay all right we have got to take a break and we'll come straight back after these uh, messages from our sponsors so thank you very much and uh, we'll come straight back <laughs> Monacera Restaurant, where you eat Italian style. Come and visit our elegant reception room for weddings, baptisms, family functions and much more with a capability of up to 100 people. 
Eating at Bonacera restaurant is like emerging ourselves in the all-Italian dream. On Friday and Saturday, lots of music in our piano bar, and you'll taste the fabulous specials of our Maria. At Bonacera restaurant, fixed price includes three courses, dessert and coffee. Bookings 83795647. Bonacera restaurant, 295 Glen Osmond Road, Glenunga. Yo, ciao, Armando Paradiso from Unique Stone, delivering quality stone tops to South Australia for over 20 years. Granite, marble, Caesar Stone, Unique Stone, granito, marmo, Caesar Stone, Unique Stone. Thinking stone bench tops to your kitchen, bathroom, or furniture? Unique Stone at Jacobson Crescent, Holden Hill. Call us now, 82. Double six, double two, eight zero. Unique stone. We won't be beaten. Come on, che stai facendo? Yo, chiama adesso. Now it's time for a mentoring session with Happy Business Radio. Today we're going to talk about two thieves. And you hate the guy that steals your car. You hate the guy that steals your wallet. So we're going to talk a little bit about those fellas today. So try not to get too upset. First thief we're going to talk about is a guy named Arthur Barry. Arthur Barry was a jewel thief, and he was a good one. Arthur Barry lived during the time of the Rockefellers, the Carnegies, the Vanderbilts, the super, super, uber, uber wealthy before income tax. Some of you might say today they don't pay income tax, but back then there was no income tax. So they didn't even have to spend the money on the accountants to get out of stuff. This guy only sold, stole from the super, super elite. And it got to be a status symbol to be robbed by Arthur Berry. The Vanderbilts would go to, the, go to their dinner parties with the Carnegies and say, Were you robbed by Arthur Berry? And if the answer was no, you hadn't made it on who's who's in society. So this guy was so good. He used to call the police ahead of time. He used to send or send a letter to the police ahead of time saying, I'm robbing such and such jewel, such and such day. Try to catch me. And the cops could never catch him. Finally, as a lot of great men, he was brought down by a jealous girlfriend. Don't ever mess with the ladies, guys. Important key to this story. And she turned him in. They caught him in the act. He was gut shot in the act of stealing some jewelry. He's on his back. He's got glass in his eyes as he was trying to climb out a window at the time. And he makes this startling revelation. I don't think I'm going to do this anymore. (laughs) Anyway, they chipped him off to prison. He did his time, served his debt to society, paid his debt to society. And he got out of jail. He retired to a small town on the east coast in the united states a seaside community he became a big wheel in the local politics they even made him the head of a local veterans administration because he was a veteran as they do finally the muckraking reporters tracked him down figured out who he was and they made his life a living you know what so they're camped outside his house they're and they're hassling him hassling finally he has to go outside and talk to him and what after and one of the reporters asked a question that he answered in this way. They said, "Mr. Barry, of all the people you robbed, the Carnegies, the Vanderbilts, the Rockefellers, the Morgans, who did you steal from the most?" And without batting an eye, Arthur Barry said, "Myself." 
I've only been here a short amount of time, and I'm a big wheel in the local politics. I'm the head of this VA administ- uh, organization. I could have been a captain of industry. I could have been uh, a leader, and I could have been a senator. I could have been, could have been, could have been, could have been. But none of those things happened. Why? Because he was a thief. And who did he steal from the most? Himself. Don't be a thief. Great story. Great story. Look at your business. Are you stealing from yourself? Could a mentor help you? Could a coach help you? If you think that you need to have a look at that, give us a call. Let us help you. Thank you very much. Thanks, Matt. Great story. Hi, this is David Heath, and I'm excited to be bringing my program Soundtrack of Your Life to Radio Italia Uno. Join me Friday nights at 7 for interesting guests, some great music, and plenty of fun. It's the best way to kick off the weekend. Soundtrack of Your Life, Friday nights from 7 until 9 on Radio Italia Uno, 87.6 FM. Radio Italia Uno. You're listening to Peter Saluno on Happy Business Radio on Radio Italia Uno, 87.6 FM. And thank you very much. It's been a pleasure having you with us. And, of course, we've got a great guest. And don't forget, please support the people that support us and uh, visit all our sponsors. Try and use their services as much as you can. And if you want help with your business, let us know. We are here to um, help you promote your business. And uh, like I said, this year, Matt and I both agreed that we're going to help anybody that needs help at uh, minimal or no cost at all to you. All you need to do is give us a call and we will make some arrangements to show you how to move your business to the next level. And we'll give you a plan or help you get your plans and everything back on track. And uh, if you're starting a business, uh, you want to grow your business and uh, take it to the next level, or if you're in business and you, you just want to get above it and uh, take it to the next level, let us know. Let me know. Um, I'll be able to help you. And uh, like I said many, many times, if I don't know what to do, I'll certainly find somebody that can because I've got a, a network of people who are business consultants and will help you grow your business. And if you want to know anything about a business or anything like that, let us know. Our guest today, our special guest today is... Chris Raptus from Raptus Real Estate and we've been having fun in the studio here with uh, basically why an agent, uh, the difference between just an agent and a manager and also um, people who manage your property and then the people who actually do the inspections and there there are different companies that just do inspections so and the, the good thing about an agent like Chris is that he knows what to do, he knows how to do it but he has the right people doing the job for you. And that's very important to look after your property, make sure you're collecting the rent, make sure you're getting the rent, make sure that it's keeping up to date with what's happening um, within Australia and within the world and and what's happening overseas and how quick we can do something here. And in some cases, I know that we are leading the world in what we're doing here and other people overseas are following what we're doing. And uh, also now in other states, most people, like Chris just said, uh, do auctions. Most properties are auctioned in, especially in New South Wales and Queensland. And uh, in South Australia, they don't do as many auctions as they do overseas or interstate. But we, we are picking up the trend and we're doing different things because of the market here is just that little bit different. And, and that's the thing. It's not about copying what everybody else is doing, but you've got to make sure you're doing what is right for you. 
And in business, any business is the same. It doesn't matter whether you, uh, you know, a small one-person business, a ten-person business, or twenty-person business. The formula is the same, but it's different for every business. So you know, talk to us. Let us help you. Okay. Now, Chris, you were talking before, and. Uh, uh, about some of the funny things that happen, some of the clients, uh, uh, some of the things that happen at open inspections. What happens like with the problems? Tell us, I mean, because there, there are people there who are managing their own properties and the tenants are not paying, especially at the moment. Some of them are trying to get away with the COVID excuse and I don't have to pay or one reason or another. Uh, have you come across that? Yeah, it's a great question, Peter. Um, I, I think the reason that um, a lot of clients potentially may uh, self-manage their properties. They don't see the the worth in an agent. And, and we spend tens of thousands of dollars on property programs, uh, which enable us to work out exactly where the rents are with the tenant, um, how many days they're in arrears, they get automated services, um, you know, emails, texts, etc. So we're certainly um, always uh, on the tenant's case if they're not paying rent. Um, and serving appropriate notices if we have to. So for anyone that is self-managing their property, you know, I, I do challenge them to, to seek an agent, one that has a fair and reasonable um, uh, commission rate. We, we pay our landlords fortnightly. So when the tenants pay us fortnightly, we disperse our payments every Friday to the landlord. So there's no lag. We don't hold on to the money um, and we have that true transparency. But, um, you know, that that's what you would uh, engage in our services in is we've got the programs in place so we don't get the the problems that potentially uh, a landlord that self-manages their property um, would encounter. The other thing I was going to say is, you know, I've managed properties where they've been with the same agent for five, six, seven years and they haven't raised the rent. Now, um, you know, CPI alone uh, should be factored into the to the rent. So, you know, if you're not employing a manager, um, my question is, well, what are they doing, right? Um, and, and my job is to look at the market, look at what the property trends are doing and, and uh, making sure that we maximise the yield on that um uh, property, uh, which is uh, you know why you pay us our you know six to eight percent management fee because um, at the end of the day that that's what you pay us for. Yep. So what you're saying is uh, that people will be wrapped with the service from Raptus. <laughs> Raptus. <laughs> that's what you're saying, and that's why it was named that. Yeah, ex- exactly, exactly. Uh, you mentioned uh, when you were talking about auctions, uh, the games that uh, agents play. What are some of the games that potential vendors should be and purchasers should be concerned about or be looking for when they're on either side of the transaction? Well, I think honesty is the best policy. And I I think that um, I believe there's an old Italian saying that lies have short legs. And I think that agents Mm. will certainly, you know, fabricate. I'm not saying that all agents do, but I I think a a portion would fabricate certain things um, to make people uh, say or do certain things, you know, for instance, like we have other offers, et cetera, et cetera. And that's all well and good, but I don't use Salespeople tend to lie and exaggerate. (laughs) Wow. I didn't know that. I tell you what I find interesting is that this, um, you know, it's to me when I look at it and they say that an agent's not allowed to go to one person and say, look, I've got a better offer. What's your best offer? And then come back to you and say, what's your best offer? And then go back to the tenant. And and what's the difference between that and an auction? Well, that's, that's what I'm saying. So they call it a Dutch auction, I believe. But the problem is, uh, I think as I'm an offended agent, by that. Yeah, I'm offended by it because I think that that the, no, I meant yeah, the poor the Dutch, Dutch people. <laughs> <laughs> but the everybody point is, says they're cheap, and yeah. it's not fair. No, no. But what happens is, they're if frugal. I'm the agent and I'm trying to sell the house for my client, I should be able to negotiate with one 
uh, prospective buyer and another prospective buyer and say, look, we have had a better offer, you've got to raise yours. Or go back to you and say, we have had a better offer. If you really want the property, you've got to come back to yours. And, and they tell me you're not allowed to do that. Uh, I, I disagree. I, I believe you are allowed to do that as long as you don't disclose a price. Okay. So if you do disclose a price, then you're actually, you know, not complying with the, with All right, the act and the legislation. I had an agent just recently say, oh, no, we're not allowed to do that. We, we present whatever we get and we, we get an offer. As soon as we get an offer, we present that to the client. Then what happens? Sounds lazy. Yeah, I, that's what I'm saying. They're very, very lazy. Mm. They come across, to me, they come across lazy. But mm. more important to that is the fact is whatever they get the first offer, they go back to the client and say, oh, look, this is probably the best you're going to get. Mm. We, we, you know, we put it on the market for two yeah, weeks or get three paid. weeks. Quick, you know, you should accept this. So to me, they then become selling the property. Instead of selling the property to the prospective buyer, they're trying to, be the agent for the buyer mm. instead of for the seller. Yeah. You know, they swap sides. You've always got to look out for that. Is that uh, what happens? I Peter, mean, if I can answer this question, and yeah. I've sold properties for 50000 which is a block of land, and I've sold, you know, other items for $5 million, right? And, and the process is still the same. I would never disclose another offer to any other buyer, mm. but I would still ask every person that has come through that property, I'd email, I'd text, I would find out whether or not there is still interest before I said to my client, look, I think we should take this offer. Um, but the reality is about, you know, changing sides and switching. And, and that's a really interesting uh, comment. And, and that's why in America they have a buyer's agent and they have a seller's agent. So it's the Australian system that we've chosen mm. to have one agent that represents both the buyer and the seller. Mm. And I think that's where the lines can get blurred. Um, and that's when you do employ a good agent who doesn't blur the lines, um, who still... But you never know that beforehand. No, of course not. That most people have not sold... And it's human sold, nature, so it's a people, system. Yeah, most know. people haven't sold five or six homes. Most people have only lived in the same home for 20, 30 years and then sell it, or they've moved from house to house a few times, um, but they don't have... You know, in Australia, most people live in the same house unless they're renting. Right, but they the people buy a house and stay there for 10, 15 years and then they move. Well, right? the comment that you and Matt made at the start was, you know, referral. So we're a very referral-based uh, industry and, you know, you hear good and you hear bad transactions. Uh, and, and, and at the end of the day, I, I think I answered the question by saying, you know, choose someone that you get along with. If you get along with that person, you get that vibe that they're going to do the right thing by you, your gut is normally right. And mm -hmm. to answer that question, only, you know, every transaction is going to be based on its own merits. But I, I think if a person can get a good indicator of whether that agent is going to do the right thing or, or not uh, from the very, very start. Well, the last property I sold, I, I tell you what, I actually got upset at the agent and I told him, like, I just said, look, this is not right. You're selling my property for me. You're not buying it for the person next door, you know, because or the person that wants the property. I said, you, you're supposed to be advocating my price. You told me you could get this price. Now you're telling me you can get this price. I said, unless I get that, I don't want to sell it, you know. And I had to tell him, like, in un like I was trying to tell him and he was still trying to talk me down to the price that the guy next door wanted to pay. And I said, no, that's not right. I said, I don't have to sell. I don't want to sell. I said, I'm going to sell because I want to use this money for something else, but not because I have to. I said, because I want to go on another investment. And he was still, end that up to me, he was trying to sell 
me this lower price and give it to the, the guy next door because he knew that when the guy knocked the house down and built his three, four homes in the place, and that becomes six homes in a row he's, he's built in the same street, and um, he's going to make a lot of money out of it. And I don't care. Good luck to the guy. But when I asked him for my price and he was trying to – he changed sides – Mm. because he knew that when that guy built those homes, he would get the, the option to sell those properties as well. And I said, hang on a minute. I said, you're supposed to be working for me. You're my agent, not his agent, you know. I think mm. to answer that question, Peter, is you're going to you know, find that with a lot of agents over time. And, and I think that what you need to do is look at an agent that's got a proven track record um, and, and that is in the long haul because there's a lot of turnover rate where it's easy to get the client down then go to the buyer and get them up. And then once there's ten, twenty, thirty thousand $30,000 commissions on the line, of course they're going to talk you down because it's easier to do that. You know, it's in what's in their best interest, but that's not what's in the client's best interests. Yeah, yeah, I find, I find that happens a few times that uh, agents are doing that. You had another question, Matt. Yeah, and you want to change... Uh gears here and this will probably spill over into the next section but uh, one of the things this is a, supposed to be a business show so I want to talk about one of the big mistakes that I made in business and that was not owning the commercial property um, that we were in mm. uh, instead of leasing it I mean that is a, a big asset for a business when it comes time to sell uh, it's also, also also something you can borrow against if you need to I never needed to but it wouldn't hope you would have to, but, uh, that is a safety net plan. So, and a lot of companies like McDonald's and Harvey Norman, you know, they run it. I mean, especially McDonald's will run at a loss for, has run at a loss for many years, the, the corporate part of the business, but the real estate part of the business is where they make all their profit. Yeah. Well, so business McDonald's uh, business itself is real estate. Mm Mm-hmm. They franchise the, right, the business right. to other people. Same yeah. with Harvey Norman. You know, yeah. they they buy the property. They have somebody else, i.e. their franchisee, pay the rent. As yeah. soon as it goes up to where they want, they kick him out, make him move. And uh, obviously make money that way. So I just want to talk a little bit about, you know, the benefits of commercial investing versus residential. And also do a quick commercial for all business owners to look into owning the place that they're uh, operating out of if they have a long-term focus. Yes, yes, very true. I think it's a good question. However, can I just say, I, I think some, I've seen this over the years of being in the industry where some tenants just need to be tenants and some people go wrong where they try to be a landlord and they try to be a tenant and they just get it wrong. So sometimes what I'm trying to say is, and I can see how it works with you know McDonald's and some of these bigger companies, but I've also seen it go south where you know the tenant, tries to be the landlord and it doesn't always work out whether they should just be focusing on running the business and and doing it well and paying their rent and that's just a tax deduction at the end of the day yeah when i I say landlord i'm saying owner for themselves yeah Yeah. like i'm paying myself rent yeah you know yeah okay i understand that but then that doesn't always necessarily work no no not necessarily i said look into yeah yeah, yeah. some people can use it as a superannuation or as their retirement fund because i i mean but they're building an asset if it's in the right place one of my yeah. friends just recently was um, had a business uh, at Edwardstown, mm. and he's been in that area for 40 years now, 40 years. But for the first 10 years, he uh, paid rent, and then he looked at it and thought, why am I paying all this rent? So uh, around the corner, just around the corner, uh, there was a property twice as big as what he had, twice as big. When he worked out a loan on it, would have worked out 
exactly half what he was paying rent, right, at that time. At that time, this, like I said, it's 30 years ago now. So he bought that property and he started paying it off. That went up so quickly in that area because it, it became an industrial area. So over the last 30 years, it grew quite big. And about 10 years ago, he moved from that property to another property he just bought. And the property that he bought back then, which was 200 and something thousand, everybody thought he was crazy, has gone up to over 500,000. The property he bought for just over 500,000 because he sold that and bought the other property straight away, that there now is one and a half million dollars and it's less than five years since he bought it. So it's gone triple what he paid for it in that last 10 years. Now, the fact is I've got other people who own a crash repair and the guy said when a landlord offered it to him to buy, he said, oh, no, it's in a dilapidated building. You know, what am I doing? Well, no, I won't buy it. I'll just keep paying the cheap rent. Now he's kicking himself because that, that property on Main Northeast Road has gone up like tenfold, you know. A property that was 200000 you know, a few years back now is close to $2 million. So anyway, look, we've got to wrap this up because we've gone over our time and we've got to take a break. But uh, it's been very, very interesting. Thank you. We'll be straight back. At Elders Insurance Adelaide East, our mission is to provide outstanding service and superior coverage to each and every one of our clients. With over 30 years of experience, we treat every client with mutual respect and understanding. We'll listen carefully to your specific needs and requirements in order to develop insurance solutions with a level of service and coverage you can't find anywhere else. Elders Insurance Adelaide East is a family-owned and run business with Italian tradition which is built on honesty, integrity and trust. Make an appointment today and go and see Tony and the team at Elders Insurance Adelaide East, 54 to 56 Kensington Road, Rose Park or telephone 8364 9477. We're an authorised representative of Elders Insurance, underwriting agency, Proprietary Limited, Elders Insurance, underwritten by QBE Insurance, Australia Limited. Radio Italia 1. You're listening to Peter Saluno on Happy Business Radio on Radio Italia Uno, 87.6 FM. And thank you very much. Thank you. Please support the people that support us, like I keep saying all the time. And if you want to contact us, please contact me on my mobile, which is 0408811567. And of course, you can get in contact with us through Radio Italia Uno on our website anytime. And... Uh, Send me a message, text, whatever, uh, email on Radio Italia Uno or Happy Business Radio, and I'm more than happy to return your calls and your uh, emails. Um, I, I just do want to say again, thank you to the people that did contact me last week. I've answered, I think, every one of them. Um, and there's a couple that I'll, I'll follow up as well on a couple of other questions. Um, but, you know, let us know because we're here to help. We're here to help you grow your business. We're here to help you... Uh, there are some people at the universities that have contacted me saying that they're studying what we talked about a couple of weeks ago. So I said, great, let us know if you want any help with any of those issues, let us know. Now, Chris Raptus is our special guest here from Raptus Real Estate. So Chris is a property manager and a real estate agent, and uh, he he sells uh, properties, domestic and uh, commercials, and also manages uh, commercial and uh, real estate 
um, properties, home and businesses. So, Chris, what's, we've only got a few minutes left, but um, we're, we're talking about the investment of uh, a property, like to buy a property. Um, what's involved in getting into it and what's involved? Should people be looking at more homes or should they be looking at more offices or more shops, commercial what, what What's your suggestion? Well, it's a great question, Peter. I, I think the golden rule of real estate is to try and stick between 5 and 15 kilometres of you know the CBD of where you're living. So to our many viewers that are listening, um, if you are prepared to take a little bit of a punt or you know, you're know you you're open to risk, um, certainly commercial is exciting because you can have a business that takes a long-term lease with you and you know you can support that business. So it is exciting for, for investors to look at commercial where you can have more of a hands-on role uh, whether with residential you know you know you're always going to uh, have a tenant because there's more tenants uh, at a lower end scale which I you know when I say lower end you know $250 a week to $500 a week as opposed to you know $600 to $1,000 a week what you may be charging in commercial so you may get more tenants and there's more turnover more costs so residential doesn't necessarily yield uh, that high so it's always good to get long-term tenants uh, and it is always a safe bet. You know, with residential, you can drive down the street, you can look past the property, you can, you know, check to see if the garden's mowed and all that fun stuff. But what I'm trying to say is, as opposed to residential versus commercial, it's going to come down to the candidate themselves. Uh, if they want to take a risk, commercial is certainly exciting. Uh, however, you will have to have more capital as the banks don't lend as much and they like to see you have a bit of residential. So you, you probably want to lead up to commercial and having a little bit of a mixed bag of lollies. Um, but if you know you're just starting out or you know you you don't know where to start, residential is always a good thing. And the golden rule too is always buy something that you could see yourself living in. I think if you can see yourself living in the property, then certainly uh, purchase it. That's probably some of the best advice I've I've seen over the years. That's funny because that's totally different to some of the other people. So that's why I'm, I'm interested in what you're saying because some people say don't ever get emotionally attached to a property. You know, you you are an investor. Think of it as an investment. Don't. You know, it, and other people say, like you just said, which is really good because you're connected to it, you know. Absolutely. The reason I say that is because, you know, you might have that big primary residence and someone might offer you in, uh, some money and you may want to sell that and you didn't even think about it before and you think, you know, do I panic buy and do I buy something else? And you do get connected to a, a purchase. And I think that's where that could be a wrong piece of advice. But mm -hmm. when I say live in it, because, you know, if circumstances do change, you, you know, you could live in that property. Um, if you can't live in it, then I'd say don't buy it. Yeah, that's good advice too. Because I think so, the, the fact is that then you don't become a slum landlord. Yep. I think that's the most important part because the fact is if you've got a property which is clean and tidy and you keep it clean and tidy, you're going to attract a certain clean and tidy tenant um, or more likely to attract the clean and tidy tenant, or you could say to the, clean, the tenant, look, this is what it was like when you moved in, this is what we we're going to see it when we inspect it, and that's the level that we want to keep it at. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I guess I'm a little bit different where I, I allow my landlords to have a bit of a hands-on role, hands role with uh, selecting the tenant. I, I pass on those applications to the landlord and we collectively make a, an executive decision as to which tenant um, we choose to put in that property, which is uh, uh, certainly a good point that I think most property mm -hmm. managers should be doing with their client. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Uh, Matt, did you want to say something? You're writing something down to, uh, as a note. <laughs> I just want to. I was just writing down that uh, wish we had more time with Chris today. Yes, I'd love to yeah. come back. Look, we, we'll have you back, of course. Um, we'll get some questions. Don't worry, because every week I always get a you know a heap of emails or a few phone calls. 
and um, I give out my phone number every time so uh, they know that's on my Happy Business uh, radio and they go to Happy Business Radio, they can see my phone number, they can see that we're doing a podcast and, uh, you know, um, uh, Adelaide City or uh, Podcast City here. Uh, Ron helps us every week to do the podcast, so I always say thank you to Ron. I really appreciate his help because without Ron, we wouldn't be able to do the podcast. And, of course, um, you can hear us on Radio Italia Uno two to three every Monday afternoon. We're here in the studios and we're recording it and uh, uh, so everybody can hear it on podcast as well. And anybody that wants to contact us, please do uh, send me an email at sorry at gmail.com. Yes. Oh God, I'm getting stuck. I'm looking at Chris's uh, uh, Christos Raptus's phone number here because Christos Raptus from Raptus Real Estate. Um, I'll give out his phone number as well. So if you want to contact him, give him a call direct and just say that you heard about it on our podcast or on Radio Italia Uno. Happy business. And Chris's uh, phone number, Christos Raptus. His phone number is zero four zero seven eight three six. Nine five four, and I know that you're going to get some calls, Chris, because I've also been speaking to a couple of other people about looking at, at who their property manager is and why they should use you. Thanks, Peter. So, I really appreciate um, that. And that's what this program is all about. We're here to help. We're here to help people in any way we can with their business. And and you know, if you've got a property, two or three, that is a business. That's part of your uh, portfolio. And we're trying to help you grow that portfolio. So Ron, thank you very much for being here. Matt, pleasure having you in the studio as always. And Chris, thank you for coming as our special guest today. Thank you so much for having me. I hope uh, the yep. uh, viewers uh, have had some value. Well, the listeners have. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the viewers, or the, some of us see us on uh, Facebook anyway. Yeah. So I'm going to do a Facebook Live uh, shortly and mention it again. So thank you very much. Thanks, guys. You have been listening to Happy Business Radio with Peter Salerno. Catch our show every Monday from 2 to 3 p.m. On Radio Italia Uno, 87.6 FM.